Hey everybody, thanks for joining us at the Central and Janesville podcast. Please remember to check us out on centraljanesville.com throughout the week. We're excited for wherever God's got you at right now, and we hope this message brings you a little closer. Thanks. Have you ever noticed how your perspective on something can really change the way that you see things? How many of you, you have ever used, you used to do those magic eye books where you, you look at the picture long enough or you change up your eyes just so you can see this image pop out at you? And I, I'm going to be honest with you, I think those things are dumb. I can't do whatever you're supposed to do with your eyes and your brain and all I ever see with those magic eye books is just a blob of colors. And it's super annoying to me. Everybody's always like, oh, Kellen, this is so cool. You got you to gotta see what this one is. And I'm like, no, I don't because I'm a failure. I can't see it. And for some reason, my perspective never can change with those magic eye things. Now, take this picture. Most of you have probably seen this picture before. Uh, for the longest time, all I could see were just some lines that didn't make any sense. And then I finally looked in between the lines. If you look at the white here, uh, and I, I, finally, I finally was able to read it. Jesus, it popped right out. And it changed my perspective. Now it's like, it's all I can see when I look at this picture. And a lot of you have been in a situation like that where perspective, your perspective has changed and everything that you see now, all, that's all you can see. Whatever we see in life really ends up being a matter of perspective. Now, there's a guy named Andy Andrews who has written a, a number of good books. The last one uh, that I read of his was called The Little Things. And it tells the story of a, a beautiful sunset that he and his wife were witnessing one night. And they were headed to a friend's house where they were driving along the coast. And behind them was this gorgeous sunset. And he was driving, so he couldn't turn around and see it. But his wife was enjoying the view behind her. And she was trying to tell Andy just how beautiful it was. And when Andy was actually younger, though, there was a time where he was homeless and he would often find a place to sleep for the night out on the beach somewhere. And so she made a comment that night that she almost was envious of the time that he got to sleep out on the beach every single night, seeing all these gorgeous sunsets every night. But he honestly couldn't remember them. Uh, and I want you to listen to what he said to her about, the, about this story. He says, I was thinking about that time just trying to remember and you know what? And he says he glanced over at her quickly to make sure that she was listening. She, he said, maybe things really have changed since then. The atmosphere or whatever, because, well, we just didn't have these brilliant sunsets. Now with all these colors, actually, as I think about it, well, there, there just weren't any. Not like, not like there is now anyhow. I mean, now, good grief, there, there's beautiful sunsets every single night, several times a week at least. But I gotta say, I almost never saw one back then when I was on the beach every evening. Through all the stress and fear that Andy was going through at that time of his life, being homeless as a young man, he literally didn't remember one beautiful sunset. His perspective was on what he was going to do the next day to eat or where he was going to sleep, how he was going to survive. And all that kept him from seeing the beauty right in front of him. And here's what he writes about uh, what he came to understand that evening with his wife. He said, more than three decades have passed since I lived on the beach, but there were just as many sunsets then as there are now. The fact that my self-pity and anger allowed me an excuse to ignore beauty, to choose blindness, it does not mean that sunsets did not exist at that time. His perspective had killed uh, the, the way that he saw his life. 
not seeing those sunsets. His circumstances had actually killed his perspective. Are there things that are killing your perspective in your life? Is there something that's keeping you from enjoying life and making the most in life uh, that, that maybe a simple perspective change could do wonders for you? You see, fear can often become a perspective killer for us. Fear literally changes how we see everything. It becomes, at times, the only thing that we can see. It becomes bigger than anything else. Uh, but there's something that's always greater and more powerful than fear. As we're continuing this series at Central that we're, we've called Jesus is Greater, we're going to dig into how that applies when it comes to our fear. And to do that, what we're going to do is we're going to look at a story out of Matthew 14 when Jesus' close group of friends, they were terrified uh, of this storm that came up on the lake that they were, that they were on a boat in. And so Jesus, uh, at, at the time of this story, he's just miraculously fed 5,000 people. And this is what happens in Matthew 14. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went on up on a mountainside by himself to pray. And later that night, he was there alone. And the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Now, shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and they cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. And then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and began to sink. And he cried out, Lord, save me. And immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You little faith, he said, why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. Now this story will show you how interesting of a thing fear can be. Think about this. What would you, what would you be more scared of? To try to walk on water or this strong wind that the storm had? Now I love what one commentator says about verse 30 when, when Peter, who is already walking on the water, then he gets scared of the wind. And this commentator says, Peter walked on the water, but he feared the wind. Such is human nature, often achieving great things and at fault in the little things. Now, I don't know if it's the same thing for you, but I know I get fearful of some really minor things while sometimes achieving bigger things. I get fearful about calling a family that's in crisis because uh, the insecurity in me says, oh, maybe I'm the last person that they actually want to hear from right now. Uh, but then I, crisis comes in my kids' lives and, and I, I'm able to tackle it like nothing. I get fearful that I'm going to mess up an appliance if I try to do anything to fix it. Uh, but then I'll paint perfect lines against the ceiling uh, without even thinking twice about it when other people, they wouldn't even pick up a paintbrush if their life depended on it. You know, it's hard to imagine how Peter could have started walking on water and then as soon as, as this wind started to blow, it threw off his perspective on what was actually happening and he got scared. This dude actually stepped out of the boat and took a step on water. And that's courageous. But even that guy still let fear get the best of him. But that's the beauty of this story of Jesus. You and I, are, we're never the hero of the story. Jesus is always going to play that role. You and I are going to, we're going to give in to fear at times. And Peter, by no large stretch of the imagination, he is a hero of the faith. He did amazing things. But even that guy succumbed to his fears. 
The beauty in this story is that while Peter fell victim to his fears, Jesus gave him rescue. Jesus, as he always is going to do, he proves to be greater than whatever it is that Peter comes up lacking. So let's look at these verses, uh, verses 26 and 27 in this passage. It says, when the disciples saw Jesus walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and they cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage. It's I. Don't be afraid. Now, again, like always, let's put, let's put ourselves into the context of this story. These men are out on the lake and a storm has come up. Now, personally, I love storms. Uh, they get me excited, but I'll tell you where I don't want to be during a storm. I do not want to be out on the lake. It is freaky. I lived up north in Manaqua all my life where there's tons of lakes. Uh, so now I want you to imagine you're out on this water. The wind is howling. Thunder is roaring every few seconds. Flashes of lightning. Uh, and what happens is when you're out on the water, man, these flashes of lightning, they can present these creepy images all around you. And so now there's these big waves and they're getting bigger by the second and your boat is rocking back and forth. All the men in the boat, they're screaming at each other just to try to communicate with one another because it's loud. And then a little ways away, one of you thinks he sees something out in the water. You're actually terrified. And remember what I said about the lightning, it, this creepy image, you, you see this image out there and the lightning is going against it and it, now it's just a really creepy image that you're seeing out there. But notice what the men in the boat didn't do. They didn't call out to the person or the thing that they saw. They just cried out to each other. They're like, it's a ghost, it's a ghost. And after, after all, will, will whatever it is hear them if they actually call out to them? Whatever's on the lake, is it gonna hear them? This storm is loud and so it's chaos everywhere. But Jesus shows this unique ability to speak through the chaos. Somehow his voice cuts through the noise. And the men actually hear him say, take courage, it's me, don't be afraid. See, Jesus shows a unique ability here. His voice cut through all the noise and all the fear that was present. And he spoke clearly to them. I think this shows us in action an important principle when it comes to Jesus in relation to our fear. The ability that Jesus gives me to hear clearly when I'm afraid is greater than my fear. I think it's really important to catch what happened in this moment. Jesus made himself clear in a time where it should have been really hard to hear his voice. Through all this ruckus and, and the things that were going on around him, Jesus spoke to them and they were able to hear him clearly. Their fears were, were coming upon them and screaming insanities in their mind. They actually thought that Jesus was a ghost. And through all this, Jesus was able to cut through it all. See, this is a story of grace. Uh, the fact that Jesus is able to do what we can't do for ourselves, to speak and be heard when our fears are at their greatest, that's a really powerful thing. What might this look like for you in your life? At the height of your sense of powerlessness, have you ever been overwhelmed with a peace that's just unexplainable? You know, so many times I've experienced situations where something awful's happened and the calmest person in the room is the person that should be going the craziest. They're the person that should be the most affected. That can be nothing sh short <laughs> of an act of God's grace on God's part. You know, when my friend's baby died due to SIDS, all of us, man, we were feeling the lostness uh, that you just can't put into words. But here were my friend and his wife, and in that moment, they had a strength and a peace that, that <laughs> it can only be an act of God's grace. 
The beauty in that is that you don't have to fear the fearful moments of life coming upon you and you not having an answer for it. Jesus has shown the ability to cut through the noise and the chaos in the moments that we can't handle. We can't do it on our own, but, but he hears our fears and he's able to speak peace and life to you even as the noise continues around you. But think about this. If Jesus is able to help me and I can hear him clearly in those moments where I necessarily am not in a good place to hear him, how much more so can he, can he speak into my life when I purposely choose to focus on God rather than the chaos around me? It would have been really hard for any one of these guys in the boat to stop what they were doing and put all their focus on Jesus in the moment. But don't you think every fear would have been eased about this storm if they could have just focused on the one who was actually walking on the water in the storm? How many of us, if we, if we were honest, would have a lot less stress in our lives? How much more of us would have peace in our hearts, have a lot more joy if we spent less time focusing and staring at the circumstances and we spent more time staring at and focusing on the God of our circumstances? You know, Timothy Keller puts it this way. If you have the loving gaze of Jesus' face, what other circumstances do you think that you need in order to be content? List them. Now repent and for resting in them too much. You know, when I look at Jesus and I, and I put my focus on him, it's hard to think that I even need the storm to stop and the wind to die down in order to be okay. All the things that bring chaos in my life, I don't need them in order for things to become unchaotic. I just need Jesus. Jesus has the ability to speak to me and give me strength even when everything else in my life induces stress and fear. Now let's look at verse 28. Uh, Peter says in verse 28, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come to you on the water. This is probably my favorite part of the story because it shows that Peter, is, he's full out scared, but he trusts Jesus more than he fears the storm or the water. Uh, do you trust Jesus more than you fear the storms in your life? If you wanna get to that point, all you really need to do is actually realize the truth behind this next concept. The ability that Jesus gives me to move courageously when I'm afraid is greater than my fear. The whole point here is this. Peter wasn't void of fear uh, before he actually took a step on the water. It's just that in that moment, he trusted Jesus' ability to help him more than he gave into his fear. Here's something about this that I, I can't quite get over. Jesus didn't actually, he wasn't the one to first ask Peter to come walking on the water. It was Peter's suggestion to show everybody in the boat that it was actually Jesus. He had this idea in his head, Jesus, why don't you tell me to come and get out of the boat? That was his idea. Now, what does this tell me? It tells me that Peter believed that if Jesus says he could do something seemingly impossible, then he could do it. Peter asked Jesus to ask him to come out on the water. It was all he would need to step out of that boat with courage. See, courage is less about having no fear at all, and it's more about trusting Jesus in the face of your fear. Uh, Craig Rochelle says it better than I can. He says, courage is an absence of fear, but it's the presence of bold faith. It isn't the absence of fear. It's the presence of bold faith. In my own life, uh, probably number one reason that I don't live courageously at times is because I fear not being comfortable. I fear putting myself in a place of discomfort. Uh, I struggle at times to have a bold faith uh, that the, the discomfort of Jesus is calling me toward uh, that I don't feel it's going to be worth it in the end, what he's calling me to. 
It's why I don't step out of, uh, out of situations and courageously invite people to church sometimes because I'm uncomfortable uh, and I let the fear win out. But when I submit my need for comfort over to Jesus, he has more than enough ability to help me overcome that fear. It might be easier for all of us uh, to live more courageously if we come to realize that Jesus' goal for, for us is not for us to be comfortable in life. For Peter, getting out of the boat, it couldn't have been comfortable. I think about for my wife, doing all that she does as a mom, it cannot be comfortable. She's tired way more of the time than I am because she's way more courageous of a parent than me, does way more for them. She lets God move her courageously with our kids more than I think I'm ever willing to go. Uh, when you and I are willing to give up our need for comfort, it might just amaze us how Jesus will move us in courage. Uh, Francesca Gino says, comfort is overrated. It doesn't make us as happy as we think it will. Following Jesus makes us happier than comfort will any day of the week. Living courageously for him will satisfy your heart more than all the other things that could possibly satisfy your heart. We should take this lesson from Peter. We should let Jesus move us to a courageous kind of living even when fear is still present in our lives. You know, it's not just that Peter got out of the boat that's cool in this story. Uh, remember, he actually walked on water for a little bit. Listen to verse 29. It says, uh, Jesus says, come. And then Peter got down out of the boat and he walked on the water and came toward Jesus. Have you ever been super afraid uh, and found that you are still able to function highly in your fear? And see, it can go both ways. Uh, it, Either you fold in the midst of fear and you, you cry in the corner like a little child or something happens and you step up to the moment. Well, Peter stepped up to the moment. He walked on water. But who in here thinks that it was Peter's doing that he did that? There's nobody that thinks that, that it was Peter. It was Jesus that did that. See, Jesus does something else in our lives. The ability that Jesus gives me to function competently while I'm afraid is greater than my fear. I'm not sure what you fear today, uh, that it might ever completely go away. I wonder if some of our fears aren't like what Peter talks about when, when he said that he was given this thorn in his flesh, um, which he pleaded for God to take away, but, but he didn't. Also that Christ's power would be made perfect through, through Paul's weakness. Paul was the one that said that. Now, I think our fears might actually be a help to us. They, they actually help us to depend on God rather than, than depending on ourselves. And in that sense, maybe they can help us to function even better than if we never had those fears. I, I've always felt that I actually shot the basketball better in pressure situations when I played ball. Uh, I was never a really great three-point shooter, but if my team needed a three to win at the end of a pickup game, it's like my percentage went up like 20 points in those moments. Uh, the situation brought on like a better focus, and I, I actually think I really shot the ball better, and there's a lot of guys out there who feel that way. Uh, our fears can actually bring us better focus on Jesus if we let them. And fear never goes away completely, but we can, we can learn, and with Jesus' help, we can learn to function even better in our fears. Uh, Martin Lawrence, uh, act, kind of funny actor, he, in a movie called Rebound, he actually says, courage is well-concealed fear. I love what he's saying there. Like Jesus is the best concealer of fear because we know as the opposition in our life gets bigger, Jesus gets even more bigger like, because Jesus is always greater than whatever fear I come up against. And Jesus proved to be greater than any of Peter's fears. 
Look in here at verses 30 and 31. It says, but when he saw the wind, when Peter saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus reached out his hand and he caught him. In his moment of desperation with fear overwhelming him and the cold waters taking him under, all Peter could do was cry out to Jesus. Sometimes you have absolutely zero hope of doing anything at all to rescue yourself from a difficult situation. And it's in those moments that we learn this. The ability that Jesus has to pick me up when I'm drowning is greater than my fear of drowning. This right here is the essence of the gospel. This is where we see the great news that no matter how desolate, no matter how difficult, dark, discouraging our situation might be presently, we are never out of reach of our deliverer. Jesus, our deliverer, is immediately, immediately there by Peter's side when he calls out to him. It wasn't a difficult rescue at all. Jesus is ready for you to be rescued in the moment that he's ready to rescue you. Do you feel like you need Jesus to, to reach out and help you from drowning today? Maybe you haven't gotten to that point yet. Maybe, maybe you just feel like you're in the midst of, in the midst of what you fear. You, you feel like you need Jesus to help you function a little bit better uh, or to move you more courageously or to help you hear his voice clearly. Wherever you might feel right now, maybe you just need to be reminded that Jesus really is greater than your fears. He really is capable of helping you where you can't help yourself. How would your life change if you recognize that Jesus is with you in the storm that you're facing and that he's the one that the storm has to listen to? When Peter got in the boat, uh, the first thing that he said was, truly Jesus is the son of God. And what Peter realized in his in his other friends realized in that moment is when Jesus had seen him through the storm and through this near drowning, they realized that Jesus is greater than the opposition of whatever storm you've got. Right now, maybe your perspective is that the storm in your life is so big that it's almost insurmountable. What would happen if the perspective on what is greater changed? What if you truly and authentically came to the place where you saw that Jesus with you and in you is greater than whatever storm is around you. It's time to quit thinking that Jesus is weaker than how we need him to be, because he's not. In your dark moments, in your darkest moments, you can trust Jesus. Jesus is greater than the greatest fear that you could ever think of. Why don't you pray with me? Lord, I thank you so much that you are truly greater than our fears. God, every single one of us, we get, we get in a situation where it's like we're paralyzed by our fears. And Lord, I pray that whatever fear we might have in our minds, uh, probably a lot of us, we can think of what that fear is right now. I pray that we would begin to give over that fear to you, knowing that we, we aren't gonna have total victory over it just by ourselves, but help us to see you as greater than that fear. That the power and the grace that you have for us can defeat any of our biggest fears. God, I ask that you would work in our hearts this week. Uh, those moments where, where anxiety wells up and whatever it might be, God, I pray that you would help us to trust you and to know that you are bigger than whatever it is we're facing. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks again for joining us on the Central and Janesville podcast. Remember to check us out at centraljanesville.com. Have a great week.